Touch up my appearance. What does that do? <laughs> did it on the way? I don't. I don't know what it did. All right. You have the full thing. You're, turn that off because I can definitely see smoothing. <laughs> it's weird. Okay. <laughs> just turn it completely off. Yeah. So it was just smooth. All it was doing is smoothing out your facial hair. Makes me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm dropping the hammer. No, you're not. And then there were eight. Welcome back to Dropping the Hand with Dalek Fadden. I'm your host, Dalek Fadden. And with me, as always, is my good friend and podcasting partner, James Crow. Say hello, Crow. Hello, everybody. But yes, there are only eight drivers left in the NASCAR Cup Series playoffs as they go to Texas Motor Speedway this weekend to start the round of eight which includes Texas, Kansas, and then Martinsville Speedway. Um, but we're coming off of a rather, rather, I believe, what, what, what did you describe it as, uh, Crow? Did you say it was insane? Is that what you said, described the race as? I don't remember. It, it was it was chaotic. It was eventful. Um, it was a, it was, it, if you're a fan of the point system and the playoff systems, it was exactly the thing that you want because yeah. it made the it like it, there was a lot of intensity that came straight from the fact that you know some of the top drivers in the playoffs who you know may have they were in, they, they were in then they were out then they were in <laughs> and then yeah. they won so. and you actually had had at some points you had drivers battling on the track for yeah. for position so that they could stay in the playoffs who who then would wreck go on to you know wreck and wreck each other and then wreck them? It, it was a it was it was a thing. Uh, this like, adding this on top of the, to the Bristol elimination race in the last round. Um, yeah, I, I, there's there's still a code section of the NASCAR populace that just hates the playoff format. Hates it. Go back to the season long format. I'm like, why? <laughs> Why, why, why would you want to go back to a format where you could determine the champion a race before the end of the season, two races before the end of the season? Instead, you get this kind of drama, this kind of racing, guaranteed or not, not guaranteed, but you know, you, you increase the chances of it um, throughout the playoffs, then leading to a, a winner take all thing at Phoenix. I don't, I don't understand people's obsession with going back to the season-long format. I just don't. Yeah, I, I will say it does feel wrong that, you know, somebody wrecking at a, you know, so I'll, I'll just go back. So, I mean, the, the thing that would make you question the playoffs here is Larson, who was definitely the, the best, like, you know, the winningest driver of the season. And he spent a significant amount of this race below the cutoff line because, um, you know, at some point during the race, the week before it, um, you know, was, was it number 42? Someone just basically said, oh, screw you in particular and, and wrecked into him. And so he finished really low, you know, way back. Oh, it, no, um, it was just Justin Allgaier who, yeah. who got loose and wrecked, wrecked into him at Talladega. But that's the thing. It does, people want this to be, oh, a consistency thing or whatever. Well, okay. You, you got to this he got to this round and was in danger of not having a very consistent round. That would have been, that would have been it. Like 
Kevin Harvick from 2020 says hello. Um, yeah. He, he won nine races and then had a very bad round of eight and didn't make it to the final four. Um, yeah. So, but, but I, I can see the complaint there because it, the, the, Incident at Talladega had he you know was completely from his perspective completely random right he's yeah. just in in the pack oh no you're hit stuff um, happens <laughs> yeah and then the you know you could almost you could make the same argument that the issues he had at the Roval were the same you know because they said the the claim was that debris caused the uh, um, the alternator belt to come off um, yeah. and so it does the idea of you know, your favorite driver being taken out over things that are just like completely outside of their control. That does kind of suck. You know, that does, uh, it, 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 especially when you're looking at it from your favorite driver. Um, but on the other side, you know, we had fairly intense battles, uh, you know, with was it Harvick and Elliot who uh, have an ongoing rivalry <laughs> at this point. Um, and neither one of which are um, being cagey at all at the, anymore oh, about no. what their plans are for one another when well, they get. Well, they were never they were they were never cagey to begin with. <laughs> so, so you know, w when you have a uh, Elliot's crew like over the radio immediately after being spun by Harvick saying, "Oh yeah, we're gonna go get him," <laughs> <laughs> and he well, and then Elliot was in the frame when Harvick took himself out. <laughs> That yeah. stuff was well. I just wanted like that whole final stage was just incredible because for the entire time you're like, oh no, is Larson in trouble? And then all of a sudden the narrative changes <laughs> when Chase Elliott, his whole back bumper is just just destroyed. And like, oh crap, what happened? And like, he, he, and it wasn't replays. Like, oh man, Har Harvick caused that. So like. There's the before and after of that race. Yeah. Larson was the before. Then you have Elliot and Harvick. Um, and a little and sidebar to like, you on NBC. So, so, so I, I, I tweeted about this. But as a hockey fan, for the entirety of my the time that I've lived here in St. Louis and been watching hockey, because you know when I was in Arkansas, did you ever see hockey on TV when it wasn't like the playoffs? Um, but uh, whatever. NBC broadcast hockey. They always like have the most skewed commentary for whoever the biggest market is, <laughs> which is almost always Chicago. And so it's they always are like very protective of the Blackhawks and always will say things like the, the most absurd stuff to try to like cater to Blackhawks fans. Yeah. Well, Chase Elliott being the darling. Um, so the the announcers when they're really into the race and they're watching what's going on they're like oh harvick sped up into him he got on the gas he did that on purpose and then later on you just know that someone for nbc is like hey guys um he's the good guy uh or, or like oh so then when he's coming back out you know your his crew's going on about we're gonna get him we're gonna spin harvick we're gonna show him what's what's up or whatever that was well, they said well also like I know what you're where you're heading with this. Yeah, NBC, the announcer's playing up. Hey, can Chase Elliott still win this? And yeah, no, no. Yeah, yeah. So, so they're they're like Chase Elliott's back in it. But you know, but then also they're you know they very much highlighted the thirty fourth. Yeah, his team all over the radio, basically saying that they're out hunting for Harvick, and 
And the <laughs> and then later on, you can tell some executive or someone was like, hey, guys, um, he's supposed to be a good guy. Um, maybe don't make a big deal about the fact that he's out um, hunting. Um, <laughs> and so they try to walk it back. It's like, oh, well, well, they, you know, they, they met. They just went to get get ahead of him. So for points reasons, not not wreck him. <laughs> like they're just walking it back in the most blatant way possible. And it was <laughs> hilarious. Well, yeah, like I said, like I wasn't. Yeah, I wasn't focused on that. I was focused on them saying that Chase still has a chance to win it when his back end's completely demolished and he's in thirty fourth. Yeah. And then, and yeah, and then for it's it was really it was really bad. Like I, I, I mean, gave props to NBC last week for their coverage of Bubba Wallace winning, but it was that was pretty bad. That well, there was bad. also the the you know them basically turning a um, his bumper cover into like a will they won't they story on whether or not it was going to come off. Oh. Well, whether that, or not that, it was going to turn into a into a flag, whether that was going to af- cause him to be able to be penalized, how that would affect um, Chase yeah. Elliott's chances in the race. Well, Larson <laughs> get back in it for one. Yeah, um, it, yeah. All the, in the meanwhile, Larson is a zoom, 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 zoom all the way through back up through the field after he finally gets his uh, um, alternator alternator belt back, um, a new yeah. one put on. But yeah, that, yeah, that that was the, the drama for 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 Monday anyway, was that NASCAR, you know, needing to call the caution for that either black, uh, black flagging the number nine car for that bumper, which they should have. Uh, I know, I know one, one NASCAR writer uh, shared a bunch of Twitter examples on Twitter from tweets from past races from years gone by of NASCAR black flagging people because their rear bumpers were flapping in the wind. Um, but they didn't this time they waited and waited <laughs> so yeah and you can make the argument oh it's 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 the road course well, well it's it's different than like a super speedway or whatever it's like it's that's still a thing that could come flying off into the track someone could run over it or forbid that it goes flying off like into the grandstand like yeah i mean that's a, that could happen that's a possibility um but they, it's they been like have... a decade since, since something like that happened so we, we you know yeah so it's never it's, ne- it's never it's not like it's not that important anymore no one no one remembers whenever the last time that car parts flew up into the stands or you know ca- cars actually flying into a fence and debris then showering fans you know it, 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 it's so rare so they, they no they should have they should have black flag chase elliott this was a as far as i'm concerned it was they they did not want to penalize a, a playoff driver unnecessarily or whatever chase elliott the most popular driver whatever but they should have done it and it and then it came off and then they had to throw the caution and it impacted the race um so but anyway and then kyle larson came back and won for a, a, the third time on a road course this year at, at one point i believe he was in i know he was above 35 I don't think he was, I don't know if he was in dead last, but he was way back there just kind of cruising on battery power because he just you know, didn't have an alternator running and managed to uh, make it back up to the front and very handily win at the Robo. Well, I had, um, I was trying to keep track. I took pictures of the, the you know, the points as they were running at certain points in the, in the race. Um, but I forgot, I didn't take one when Larson was beneath the cut line. So I, right in this moment i don't know how yeah. much the how far beneath the line larson was at any given point um 
but I don't know the number, but I know that there was at least one driver above him, but below the cut line. Kislowski. It was Kislowski. Yeah. So, um, um it's another little sidebar about NBC. And it's not just NBC, but oh boy, do I hate their um, running order listings now. Oh, because no, it's they, horrible. They it's integrate horrible. the playoffs. And yeah. so basically you only ever see the top 10 um, running in the running order because the bottom half is all points for the most part. Yeah. Well, they, they, they will only highlight the like, top three drivers in the running order and then the rest is blackened out. But you can see it revolving and stuff but then yeah then it's the rest of the points so yeah that's yeah i hate their formatted that that it, it's aggravating for sure yeah and, and like nbc does do some things well yeah. um i can't think of any right now but 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 they do <laughs> do some things well um but they uh it definitely some of the graphics and stuff they really need to be workshopped a bit shopped a bit more because <laughs> i feel like i'm less i feel like like i find myself on nbc races looking stuff up on my phone more than i do vox yeah well i have you know i got twitter open i've got the digital media center which is on nascar's media website i got that going so i i got the just the raw running order and and other stats available and then i got like um nascar.com i got the scanner thing open so that's usually what what i'm i'm plugged into sometimes i I'll have Reddit open just to see what what the the masses are saying uh, during a race. Um, so, but yeah, yeah, they're, they're, yeah. With, with the way NBC has it right now, there's too much going on on the screen. It, they 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 need to simplify that for for the people who aren't who for the people who are tuning in just out of curiosity. Uh, what they have is not not helpful. Yeah, I, I I definitely got frustrated because there were certain drivers that were like at certain times that were in like like positions like 15 to like eight. And so they would get up into the top 10 and be like, oh, cool, they're doing pretty well. And then I would look back and then there would be dipped down. And I was like, I don't know if they, you know, wrecked <laughs> or or had to take an unscheduled pit stop because they were talking about that because, you know, Chase Elliott exists and uh <laughs> and so like you know without going somewhere because basically you're only showing the top 10 at any given time i i just didn't know what was going on you know back behind the fold i guess but i mean just in general this was, i thought this was a great great race um the the, the result was never uh a given uh there, there's multiple drivers who could have won this tyler reddick was like this close <laughs> To being able to to, to, break, to break through for his first cup win, and th- then he got into the back, got into William Byron's rear bumper, going into the backstretch cane, uh, which ruined Byron's chances of winning and advancing. And they 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 uh, they had a they had a conversation on pit road, <laughs> um, so it was interesting then- seeing William William Byron get into a just a uh, uh, not not heated, but you know. A clear disagreement with another driver um so that that was interesting um but yeah it was kyle larson say, with the win as a mid-30 individual it'll never make sense in my head to see valvoline on the number 24 oh no no like did we text about that right yeah it, it it's weird i don't like it like i like valvoline like number 24 those things together are just like it feels dirty oh yeah oh absolutely it, it, it feels it, like, like this unholy abomination that is that is some kind of nightmare i don't know i I want i want to take a picture of william byron's 
number 24 Valvoline car, go back in time to 1998 and show that to any like just normal NASCAR fan. What do you think of this image? <laughs> yeah. Because 98, if, if you're listening to this, is the year that it was Jeff Gordon, Mark Martin, and no one else uh, go, going for the title. Um, so that, yeah, that would, yeah, that, that feels like an unholy thing. Um, <laughs> it, it's, no, oh, it's, it's like seeing Mark Martin drive, drive a non driving, having a sponsor that's an, a motor oil that's not Valvoline. It's like that. Like yeah. he, he he's been sponsored by Quaker State, Mobile One, <laughs> like every everyone plus Valvoline. It's just it's just it's just it's just wrong on so many levels. Um, so anyway. and then uh, you talking about the lead changes. Uh, Hamlin for a long time looked like he was going to run away with it, get a second uh, win of the round, and then he made a oopsie somewhere and uh, was just not in the picture for the win anymore. I think did he miss a, miss the chicane once? I don't remember where he missed. But he definitely missed a corner. I think, and I believe he had a he he missed something and then had to do a stop and go. Yeah, he would yeah would have been miss, missing the chicane then. I think a lot of a lot of people were doing it um, this weekend. Because um, I remember I they just, talked about how smart he was because he um, basically just kept going um, until he got to a different part of the track where it was quicker, like before before he was told to do a stop and go and so he did a stop and go in one of the areas that was easier or whatever so anyway right. Ho hopefully the sound of me eating a chip doesn't come up on the audio it did <laughs> no great okay <laughs> i haven't had dinner yet so um anyway but yes there are now only eight drivers oh wait wait i want to go back to um my previous point i was making about consistency Pe people think like i said there's the, the loud group of people who don't think that having a consistent season is awarded these days um going into going into the round of eight we have kyle arson denny hamlin martin trex jr ryan blaney kyle bush chase elliott joey logano and brad kozlowski um of those eight drivers they have totaled 22 of the 32 race wins this year um that, that's that's very consistent uh the only multi-race winner left out is alex bowman he had three wins this year, but he had an awful playoff run uh, with just two top ten finishes. So um, if, if you're someone who doesn't think having a consistent season matters, uh, then just take a look at who's in the final final eight right now. Uh, Kyle Larson has 23 top tens. Denny Hamlin has 23. Martin Truex Jr. has 17. Brian Blaney has 18. Kyle Busch has 19. Chase Elliott has 18. Joey Logano has 17. And Brad Kosowski has 14. Um, you know, if I wanted to start a conspiracy, which you know I do, I would point out that the two top people in the playoffs have 23 top 10s now. And, and, and Bo Wallace, you know, he won last week, and we all know that that was a NASCAR conspiracy. So, okay, I, I don't know where <laughs> you I don't either. I don't know where this I'm just saying, I'm trying to start a conspiracy. I, I, you know, I don't have all the threads connected yet, but I, I just think that that is the way to go if we're gonna. We're just podcast. asking questions, we're just asking questions. This is Joe Rogan here, guys. Something, something DMT, okay, Tucker Carlson. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right, so the, the most unpredictable round of the playoffs is over. Uh, we're going to Texas Motor Speedway, which is. Uh, even though I have a soft spot for it in my heart because it's my home track. It was the first track I ever went to. 
back in 97. Uh, it's not great for racing now. Um, oh, it's so boring. <laughs> um, it's they they tried to make things interesting by lowering and winding out turns one and two and leaving turns three and four alone and then that didn't work and then they added pj1 and it just made it basically one lane track now they're going to try resin which was used at um nashville super speedway earlier this year and from all the feedback that i've heard about everyone all the drivers pretty much liked it it, it worked much better than the pj1 has it created multiple lanes um and the, the race at uh nashville was just very good but that was also with the 750 package, uh, and this will be the 550 package. So I, I don't, I don't know <laughs> what that combination will result in. But I'm not, I'm not excited about Texas. Yeah, so Texas um, unfortunately has the uh, problem of both being boring and dangerous. <laughs> um, uh, I mean, it's not like, uh, eh. I, mean, it, I mean, any race is dangerous, but um, I mean, I mean Texas not- has a list, a list of names. The, of people that didn't walk out of there and that unfortunately although that that was in the 90s um, yeah it's, it's still there's i think there's still a bit of a stigma there that there you know there's a little bit of hesitation to do things like maybe push up you know go you know push the speed or push the uh, you know whatever like keep the cars bunched up together i don't know i don't I, honestly i don't even know entirely why i find texas so boring it just is for me no, no, it, it it's it hasn't put on a real captivating cup race in many years, um, which is well the the last time it really happened was the year that Jeff Gordon and Kez- Brad Kozowski got into it on pit road. That was really I think the last time. Um, but we'll we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, we the start the starting order um, for for this week's race. Let me find it. Well, I know the first one is Kyle Larson. Yes, Kyle Larson will start on the pole. Denny Hamlin is second. Kyle Busch is third. Ryan Blaney is fourth. Julie Gano is fifth. Chase Elliott is sixth. Brad Kozowski is seventh. And Martin Truex Jr. is eighth. And rounding out the top ten, Tyler Reddick and Chris Buescher. They, they had very good runs on the, the Roval, and they get the benefit from it with some top ten starting spots. Uh, who is your pick to win Sunday, Crow? Um, just based purely off the pattern, Denny Hamlin. <laughs> <laughs> First race of each round, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean that, that's I it. That. Um, okay, I'm going to take, hmm, you know what? Uh, the, the RCR cars were, were, were good in this race. That, well, it wasn't this race. Uh, at this track uh, last year when Austin Dillon won, and I think Reddick finished second. Um I'm going to take Tyler Reddick to win in an upset and get his first Kurt. Um, so, yeah, take that to the bank. Um, but, yes, eight drivers left. Uh, do, do you remember who you picked to make the final four at the, at the start probably. of the playoffs, Crow? Larson, I would assume. I think you, you had Blaney to win the whole thing, right? Yeah, and he's still I, – I, I, my final four, pretty sure it was Larson, Hamlin, Blaney, Kurt Busch. I think that was my top four. Kurt Busch didn't make it past the first round um <laughs> so uh so now my new my new top four i'm gonna keep it larson hamlin blaney and and uh kyle bush i'll throw kyle bush in there he's currently fifth one point behind blaney for the final spot as they start the the third round 
Brad Kozlowski's farthest out. He's minus 16. Joel Gano's minus 11. And Chase Elliott is minus two. Chase Elliott hasn't won on an oval this year. All of his wins have come on road courses. So I don't have a ton of confidence in what he can do uh, this round. Um, but we'll, we'll, we'll see. Uh, but yeah, if, if anyone's going to be the favorites throughout this round, it'd be, it'd be Larson and Hamlin. Um, but I'm, yeah, I'm going to yeah, take. I still, I still think, I think, I think that Hamlin, like when, when the round starts, he's like, I need to go, I need to get this win and then we're good. <coughs> and so I think that's what he, I think that's what he's been doing. Because, and, and I think that you can see that on the track too, because there's been a lot of times the last two races where he's definitely been hanging back. So but he, I don't think he's had a bad race. Well, he hasn't had uh, a bad race, but he just has been not. Oh no, Bristol didn't go well for him. Um, he, he he had a cut tire and all that stuff. So that's really but yeah. Um, so I guess, I guess that's over. So let, let let's talk a little bit about. Did you, did you get to check out any of the next gen test? Uh, it, it was streamed on YouTube. Yeah, I watched a little bit. Um, but I was like, okay, it's cars. Um, that's cool. <laughs> uh, I, I didn't really have that much. Uh, you know, to take away from just watching that. And honestly, if without, without someone that knows what's going on, telling me what's going on, <laughs> I just don't care that much. So I've watched clips. Um, I, I saw NASCAR's um, epic trolling of Twitter um, with their video yeah. of the, of the 2311 car spinning. <laughs> I saw the video. What, what did NASCAR do? Oh, they put it, they totally posted it on Twitter with the implication that it was Bubba Wallace, and then we're later we're like, oh, huh, J.K. That's Denny Hamlin. Okay, because <laughs> it was him. Because they were showing him yeah. spinning, and of course the comments were exactly what you would expect. So, yeah, yeah, um, but yeah, it would, the, had the, the biggest uh, test of twenty three of the next gen car yet. O- almost every team had at least one car out there. Uh, Front Row Motorsports and uh, Live Fast Motorsports. Did not have did not have cars out there, but yet Starcom Racing did with Casagrala. So and, Kaz, and Starcom Racing is was supposed to be closing down at the end of this year. So I, I I'm, I'm unaware of what the implications are of that. Um, Isn't um didn't I see something that like Front Row was probably going to be around one more year? Well, no, no, or Bob possibly. Parkers, our friend Bob Parkers at Fox Sports uh, reported on Twitter that. According to his sources, talks between 2311 Racing and Front Row Motorsports for their charter uh, have collapsed, um, which is very interesting because 2311's already announced Kurt Busch is driving the number 45 uh, next year for 2311. And uh, Danny Hamlin had, had been on the record saying he was very confident they were going to get a charter. So if that's collapsed, Front Row, Front Row Motorsports still has two charters for next year at, at this point anyway. Um so who's going to be driving that number 38 car next year? Um, I, I don't think it's going to be Anthony Alfredo. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, that that's throw things in for a loop as far as charters in 2011 for next year. Um, so yeah. Somehow I think it'll work out. <laughs> I hope so. You would hope so. You don't want to announce a driver in a car Oh, no. I, I just I, at this point like you know there's so much high profile stuff with that team with michael jordan and everything i just kind of feel like you know if, if they can't work out a deal nascar is going to be like 
Oh crap! Oops, I left. I found this charger in my desk. Does anyone want it? Does anyone need it? Did anyone like <laughs> announce to the world that uh, they had another charger, even though they didn't? Um, okay, but yeah, um, uh, lots of cars were on track for about twenty hours uh, Monday and Tuesday. Um, had had some cars like Denny Hamlin spin. Uh, teams reported they had some problems with steering. Uh, that. That was the first that I think the first time I've heard there were steering problems. Uh NASCAR has addressed the heating problem uh that that had been a problem for a while now. With they have some new slits in the rear window as, as one fix. I think they they moved, I think they might have moved the muffler around. I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, they definitely have slits in the car in, in the rear window to help the cooling problem. Uh that they will be doing more tests as we go forward. They got, a, they got they'll have a test on the Charlotte Oval. Uh, John Probst from NASCAR said they're, they're looking at Kansas or Las Vegas for potential tests. There'll be a tire test at Atlanta Motor Speedway once that repave and reconfigure, reconfiguration is done. And there will be a tire test at Bowman and Gray Stadium, the quarter mile track in Winston-Salem, North Carolina that hasn't hosted a NASCAR Cup race since 1971. Uh, as you as you guys probably know, NASCAR will be holding a it, the Bush at the LA Coliseum uh, next year, and according to Ben Kennedy from of NASCAR, the it, the track they'll be using will be like basically be like Bowman Gray Stadium. So at some point here in the next few months, they're going to be holding a tire test at that track where uh, it has been since Richard Petty was a two time champion that that a NASCAR Cup car has been raced. Error. So I wrote a column for front at frenchrich.com this week saying that uh, despite the usual rule, the typical rules that Goodyear and NASCAR don't allow fans or media to attend tire tests, they need to allow fans to attend that test. Um, Cause that's his, that's history. Uh, yeah. So I, I've never been to Bowman, Bowman Gray stadium. I almost went to a race when I was living in Charlotte. I went, almost went to a modified race that Ryan priest was going to be entered in. But then he withdrew at like the last minute and then it rained. So I didn't go. Um, so, but I would love to be at that test. That that would be very cool. And I I, I really, really hope that uh, they allow fans in, in some capacity or at least stream it. Let us watch it. Uh, Joe, John Props also teased that there will be a mystery driver that will make for a good story, he said, or a cool story. Um, so I don't see why why you do that. <laughs> involve a driver to make it a cool story at one of nascar's oldest tracks in prep for the clash at the coliseum and not let fans in it in let let fans watch that if it's dale and her jr let us watch it so if it's mark martin let us watch it um i think um so it's either gonna be that that's my prediction it's either dale Earnhardt jr or mark martin um, or like someone, someone like completely random, like uh, Robbie Gordon, or, or Jeff Gordon. Yeah. <laughs> Robbie Gordon, Greg Biffle. Um, hey, I watched like a significant amount of Robbie Gordon's uh, on camera, like on car camera footage from the Baja, whatever. Yeah, hey, I remember you. I remember you telling me that. I remember you that. Yeah, that was pretty good. Fun. Good background noise, right? Yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah, nothing, so, like, nothing get nothing lets you uh, get work done like having having something go arr, 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 <laughs> in the background so 
I guess I guess we should talk about uh, Chase Elliott and Kevin Harvick uh, because Jen- Jenna Fryer at the Associated Press uh, tweeted, I believe, early this morning. We're recording this on Thursday, October 14th, uh, that NASCAR had had a phone conversation with everyone involved in the <laughs> Harvick Chase Elliott saga and told them they had had enough and to cut it out. Uh, and then Alan Gustafsson, Chase Elliott's uh, crew chief, confirmed, you know, that that happened on Sirius XM NASCAR radio today, saying uh, the message that NASCAR delivered is that they tried to do is they tried to do the best job they could in allowing it to happen, and they're over it. Whatever way you want to look at it from there, I commend them for allowing us to race, but they've had enough. They made that clear. Um, and Tony Stewart, who is the car owner for Kevin Harvick at Stewart Haas Racing, said, uh, following the announcement that he will now be fielding a NHRA team, one top field car and one funny car, the, the, the top field car will be for his fiance. Uh, he said, I feel bad for both of those guys. I've been in that same role those two are in now. I think NASCAR is at the point where it's not fun for them to have to deal with this anymore either. So the sooner they can get it all squashed, the more we can get back to business and get racing again. So <laughs> Tony Stewart, of all people, <laughs> um, is, com- is commending them for just squashing this, which is the so ironic. <laughs> yeah, I... I don't know. It just feels hollow anytime NASCAR at this point wants to, you know, talk about, you know, drivers need to stop, you know, acting out or, you know, going at each other when like half their marketing is, is based on stuff like that. Oh no, they'll be using the re footage of Elliot and Harvick arguing on pit road next year. Like next time we go to Charlotte, they'll be using that. They'll be yeah. when we go to the Roval, they'll be showing the footage of Harvick giving Elliot the boot into the wall, and then they'll right after that show the footage of Harvick plowing into the wall. It, and it's, like, it's, like I say, it's, you may be listening to this and you're thinking, oh, but that's NBC, that's Fox. No, I'm talking about NASCAR's YouTube channel that they post the videos on. Like, like they make a big deal out of stuff. They their employees that they hire to do what we're doing right now, but somehow they they uh, get paid for it. Um, NASCAR, you should hire us. Um, they, you know, they will talk about it and they'll hype it up. I can hype yeah. it up. Oh boy, they're gonna go at it, Daniel. They're gonna, it's like, Chase Elliott, he's, he, he's a good boy. We need to make that clear, he's a good boy. But he and Kevin Harvick, man, he gets behind Kevin Harvick, he can put him in the wall. It's gonna be crazy. Got to tune in. It's the same thing with the super speedways. They they make a big deal about oh we'll alter the rules in order to to keep cars from flipping. But then they're gonna show cars flipping in the in the highlights when they promote the super speedway races. It it's it's ugh. it it it's hypocritical. It's aggravating. But I also get it. But it's you you can't say boys have at it, and then when they have at it, to, to, like, who would have seen this coming? <laughs> You can't say like sit sit there and think about what you've done. It it's it's I I it's it's aggravating. It's aggravating. I mean, technically, whenever they're on the track, that's what they're doing. What sitting there thinking about what they've done, <laughs> what they're going to do. So, but anyway, all right. Um, I think that does it for this episode of Dropping the Hammer with Daniel McFadden. Slight preview for next week. I'm interviewing uh, Ty Dillon uh, tomorrow morning. So. Be able to bring audio of 
Dylan talking about his return to the Cup Series next year with uh, GMS Racing. GMS Racing is the longtime uh, Truck Series team. They're finally getting into um, the Cup Series, you know, thanks in part to uh, the next jink and Ty Dillon after he said he's had a rough go of it this year, uh, you know, briefly racing for Toyota and the Xfinity series and racing for a few other teams like Gaunt brothers racing here in the cup series, um, Jordan Anderson racing for a few races. Um, but yeah, I'll get to talk to him, see, see how this all came together and uh, get his thoughts about his triumphant return to the cup series. Um, so yeah, look out for that next week. Um, follow me on Twitter at Daniel McFadden. Uh, follow us on YouTube at Daniel at YouTube. I keep I always do that at youtubecom slash Daniel McFadden. Uh, and you can follow Crow at twittercom Crow. And you you've set up a new Twitter venture okay. today, Crow. Okay, so every week I'm like, what are the stupid hashtags so I can NASCAR <laughs> Twitter with everyone else? And I never know what it is. And then by the time I find them, I'm like, I don't care anymore. And so I don't tweet during races. So I decided to make a quote bot, which I'm a developer. I should be able to make something, but also I am lazy. So right now I just have scheduled tweets, but it's a bot that tells you what the hashtags and then the, the, the ats uh, relevant to the next week's the next week's race are so it is um nascar hashtags is the is it Nash, nascar underscore hashtags or the name Nash, nascar hashtag bot yeah I, I i don't know how people make bots i don't i don't get it so i'm glad you made that because i i'm in, i'm usually in the same position as you i don't know what the the, the race hashtags are until the race is happening yeah, so. I literally like literally right now, it's just going to be me looking it up and scheduling a couple of tweets every week. Uh, but eventually I'll, I'll get part of that chain automated so that it's not as tedious, but it's still basically me, me have to look the stuff up. So <laughs> <laughs> somebody's doing it. So, 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 so we're doing it. So you don't have to, So, but yeah, at NASCAR underscore hashtags is Crow's latest, greatest contribution to NASCAR Twitter. So give that a follow um, for, for useful information. So set your alerts for it. So when those tweets come out, you can clock it and know what you need to tweet. Yes. Um, and, and I to totally, if yeah, I, just everyone alert, alert, set alerts. I at no point will I ever post anything but hashtags and not post links to this podcast in that because, you know, I will do, <laughs> I will do that. I'm just joking. I'm going to do that. But still set your alerts because right. this is, good stuff all right and as, as i said on my last episode i've started a new non-nascar podcast a movie podcast called catching up with aaron and daniel uh where me and me and my friend from high school aaron cohorst uh discuss and debate movies from 10 years ago because we we, we, we lost touch with each other 10 day, 10 years ago and we're movie buffs and so now we're talking about the movies that we didn't get to talk about 10 years ago the first episode was marvel's thor and the next episode, which will drop next Tuesday, uh, is about the 2011 movie X-Men First Class. Uh, so we had a fun that one. So check that out. Catching up with Aaron Daniel. Follow that Twitter account at Catching Up 2011. So that's it for us here on Dropping the Hammer with Dan McFadden. I'm Dan McFadden. Goodbye. That's Crow. <laughs> Have a great weekend, everyone.